Hello and welcome to Music Business on the Record. I am here to talk about anything and everything to do with the music business, going from label execs all the way down to artist and all the way down to listener. So tune in and let's get started. So today I wanted to talk about a music producer. Now this is near and dear to my heart because I am a music producer and I feel like a lot of people's misconceptions come into play in what producers do, what they don't do, um, who they are in general as a person. So let's dive in. So some misconceptions that I've heard people say is that a producer is a beat maker. Well, a beat maker and a producer are completely different. Can one person be a beat maker and a producer at the same time? Sure, that's possible. But not all producers are beat makers, and not all beat makers are producers. So what does a producer do then? Do they just sit on a couch and decide which song is going to be popular and which song isn't? Which songs to promote and which artists to promote? I wouldn't say so. I mean, in order to be a producer, you have to be a professional who works with recording artists and bands, sound engineers, record labels, and marketing teams. This is a person that oversees all the creative and technical aspects of an album. This is the person who is in charge of the projects, and it is the glue who holds it all together. They understand all facets of the recording process, so from the pre to post-production, um, and they provide a whole variety of things that they do. So can a producer be all of those things? Yes, in order to be a successful producer, you need to know all these things. Now, will you always work with artists on a label? Not necessarily. Um, will you always work with local artists, only local artists exclusively? Well, that's going to be really up to you to decide. So a producer, I would also say, is a person that takes on a bunch of roles. And one of the biggest would be babysitting. And yes, you did hear me right. I did say babysitting because every artist and every client needs to be catered to. Not because they're babies, but, you know, everyone, every person acts the way that they want to act, but because these are your clients and they should feel like they are number one all the time. Um, every client, you know, should, you should take the time to hear them out. You should take the time to make sure that they know that you're on their side all the time. Um, they should be able to come to you with any issues, no matter the project, and they should expect a timely response. Um, the producer keeps a session running smoothly, just like a babysitter keeps everything running smoothly in the house. Um, and how do they keep that session running smoothly? They tell studio musicians what to do. They keep their own client on track, babysitting, ding, ding, ding. Um, and they cheer them on to keep working. So sometimes you're even a cheerleader. So not necessarily just a babysitter. So the second biggest thing 
that a producer is, is a budgeter. So a producer draws an initial plan with projected hours, um, some sessions, and this plan can obviously alter. But you should know when you're going into a project how long it's going to take. So I've had a client come in and she had, I think, about six to eight songs that she wanted to do, all originals. And when I initially met up with her, she said that she wanted to do acoustic guitar and just vocals. I'm like, okay. Well, I drew up a plan. I said, this is what's going to cost you to do the project. This is how many hours we're going to spend in the studio uh, recording. This is how many hours we're going to spend in the mixing mastering suite, mixing your stuff. And this is how much it's per song for mastering. And then I said, is that fine with you? And she said, yeah, that's totally fine. So we signed a contract and we got started on the project. After the first two songs, um, she said, well, I kind of want a band to come in. Like, okay, so that changes everything. And different rates for bands, different rates for this. But because we've already had a contract in place, I needed to work with what I've got. So I started bringing in some people to put stuff on her songs. And she continued playing just acoustic guitar. So I said, hey, hold on. Let's try doing this to a click track. So that way, um, when you add some more instruments, either now or later, you can keep track of the time. So we did that with one song. Didn't work out. Tried it with a different song. Didn't work out. So we ended up kind of scrapping the idea of using a, a metronome or a click track. I had to shift gears and just work around the guitar that we had. So now we're facing a different set of issues. We have a budget that we are starting to go over. And I made sure to say, hey, this is the time that we have and we're going over this budget. Are you okay with that? And she said, fine, because she really wanted a band kind of sound for her songs. Okay. And then later on, we started mixing and the mixing took a long time. Initially, what we usually do is we do a pre-mix before the client comes in. Then when the client comes in, we really fine-tune everything and we go from instrument to instrument. That's what we like to do, and that's what works best for us. So the client came in a few times, and we sat and we did all of her songs. Same client that wanted the band. And then when it came time to master, she said that she didn't like the mixes. So we had to go back and we had to remix a few things and do it in a way that would please her. So that also took extra time. And that's also something that I did not account for. Again, I always account for a little bit extra time for mixing, but this was just on a whole new level. She said she was um, very satisfied with what she had. And then and a few weeks later, she said no. So while I do give myself some breathing room and space when it comes to budgeting, because you want to, another key thing is to under-promise and over-deliver. So that comes into play when you budget as well. Another big thing that 
is encompassed in producing, I would say, is arranging. Now, arranging could be thought of in two different ways. It could be, number one, where you sit down and you actually write sheet music, or you sit down and you go through a song with your potential client or your client or an artist on a label, and you kind of structure the song, and then you communicate that structure to the studio musicians. Or it could also mean you already have everything recorded and you're in the mixing stage and you decide, well, I don't like where this symbol is, so you cut it out, you mute it, or you move it somewhere else. Or you say, I don't like how this background vocal sounds on this particular verse. So you take that background vocal, you move it to the second verse. Or you take that background vocal from the chorus and you move it to somewhere else. And I've done this a few times. I had this other client, he sent me his files over and he said, hey, I want this to be perfect, pitch perfect. So I sat down and I corrected some of his vocals. And then I sat down and I went through all of the background voices. I did end up not using a lot because I believe we had about eight to 10 tracks to work with. You don't need a lot of tracks for your background vocals. Not always. And then I ended up using about two or three tracks. And out of those two or three tracks, I took bits and pieces. And then I would move some of the bits and pieces around. So that's also arranging. Um, you, as a producer, are always the middleman between your client and engineer. So this goes hand in hand with a recording session. So if a client comes in and nothing is ready, that means the producer didn't do their due diligence and give the engineer the correct time that they should be at the studio. Or the, the engineer didn't do his due diligence in showing up on time and setting everything up. So another thing, you know, another middleman kind of thing that I would say would be in the mixing session, a producer has certain terms that they use to communicate with the engineer. So if the artist says, well, this kind of sounds a little damp to me, what the producer would do is communicate in their terms, in their slang to the engineer. Now the engineer knows all their slang and terms and he makes he or she makes the correct adjustments to the song. So a producer, again, is a lot of things. So what kind of skills would you need to be successful as a producer? The number one thing, the number one thing would be people skills. That is your bread and butter. If you cannot deal with people, you cannot be a producer. That's just what it is. I mean, just think of all the people that I listed off that you'd have to deal with. Like, number one is the artist or the client. You always have to deal with them. And why I say artist and client sometimes separately is because sometimes the artist has someone backing them financially. So they are not one and the same. So the artist would be a person who does all the music and the recording stuff. And then the client could be an executive producer. So again, these two are not generally the same. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. So artist or client. So number one thing again, 
is people skills, customer service. You need to make sure that the client or the artist is happy. And then you have to make sure that your engineer can understand what's going on. You have to make sure that your studio musicians are up to date. You have to make sure that maybe if you're using a beat maker, that your beat maker knows exactly what to do. Again, you're the glue that holds everyone in place. If the glue is gone, the project is gone. So because you're the glue and you have to oversee everything, another skill that you need is leadership. You need to be able to take the reins and hold on to them. Now, sometimes you deal with clients who want to feel like they're always in control. Even though you're the person that oversees the project, you got to give them some slack and say, what do you want? And throw the ball into their court so they are the decision makers. Um, you also need a good work th- work ethic and a good drive. You have to be a go-getter. Clients are not going to start showing up on your doorstep and saying, well, I heard you're a producer. I want you to produce me. When, you know, it's, when it's your first day, maybe down the line, when you have a name out there and people know who you are, that's what's going to happen. Maybe. Um, I work with a wonderful audio engineer and he has over 70 platinum records. But even with all of that, he still says to this day that I have to sell, sell, sell all the time. All the time I have to advertise myself and you know, keep doing it and doing it and doing it in order to gain more clients, more people to work with. So again, all of these things are things that will make you successful. And this is not even delving into the music aspect of it, because if you're thinking about the music portion of it, I would say, what kind of skills would you need for that would be musical training. So some sort of musical theory um, an ear for quote unquote correct notes and chord progressions, um, arranging music. And we talked a little bit about that too. Experience in playing in an instrument. And this is important so you can communicate things to your studio musicians. A sense of rhythm is really big too. Um, knowledge of recording techniques. And that comes into play on, in the, in the actual studio. So if you're in the studio, you need to make sure that your engineer is doing what they're supposed to do. If you don't know the way that a drum kit is mic'd usually, like a standard way, you might be stuck with a, you know, bad drum track. If you know, if you know how that happens, then you can easily tell the engineer, well, I don't like the way it's mic'd. You need to do it this way. And because you're overseeing the project, they have to do it your way. Um, budgeting, and we talked about that, and collaborative ability. All of these skills are what will give you success. Again, this is not handed on a silver platter and saying, well, I check off all of these boxes, so that means that I will automatically be successful. No. I feel like in this day and age, a lot of us want, um overnight success, which definitely doesn't happen in this field. If it does happen, then those cases are outliers and not the norm. We want instant gratification a lot of times. Hey, 
it's the day and age that we live in. I hope that some of this information has been helpful to you, and I look forward to talking more about producing, about the music business, about engineers, about executives, about local artists, big artists, and many more things. So stay in tune, and I will talk to you later. Bye.